One of the more curious things is our attitude toward death. At least you will see studies of it occasionally, as well as lighter things. A very popular feature of Reader's Digest in the past were children's letters to God. Uh, if you're old enough, you remember Art Linkletter used to also collect those. Uh, here's one. Dear God, what is it like when you die? Nobody will tell me. I just want to know. I don't want to do it. Your friend, Mike. Woody Allen once said, I don't want to achieve immortality through my work. I want to achieve immortality through not dying. We can't even really discuss it, not just because we don't want to leave the party that life may be, it's because we inevitably experience death as judgment. Contrast our attitude with that of our forefathers in the past when people discussed death much more openly. Someone observed that the Victorians would openly discuss death but not sex, while we will openly discuss sex but not death. Bring it up at a cocktail party and watch the people move away from you to the corners as far as they can. Why the difference in attitude? Well, someone said, um, well, they could talk about death because they had more practice at it. I suppose they meant that they died younger, but humans have always had exactly the same practice at it. We all go. The difference, though, I think, was that they knew how to deal with the guilt that is always connected in our minds much better than modern people do. They trusted. They trusted in God much more than we do in an increasingly secular age, and it made all the difference in the world. In this reading tonight, we see Jesus face death. By this time, after hanging on the cross for over six hours, the pain Jesus experienced had progressed to the point of dull numbness. And though Luke shows us nothing of Jesus' thirst or his cry of dereliction, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus dies as the true philosopher and king of peace, one who faces trials with equanimity and calm. And yet by now, the voices must have grown faint in his ears, the light grown dimmer in his eyes. His breathing must have been reduced to almost nothing. The time was near for his death. And he also, I'm sure, sensed that time approaching. And so he delivers his last word. With great effort and a loud death breath, Jesus spoke, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. In his great moment of release, Jesus reached back into his childhood, it seems. Such memories seem to be strong when death comes. There is no doubt that Mary, his mother, must have been the one to first introduce him to the hymns of the Psalms. Psalm 31 most assuredly was a hymn sung maybe by Mary herself to Jesus when he was a child. 
This psalm was used as a night prayer for children in Judaism. But on the cross, Jesus uses this prayer slash hymn as his last word, his night of death prayer. Now as Jesus spoke this last word from the cross, he spoke of his trust in God, his faithful Father. I'll read a few verses of the psalm surrounding the quote. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness deliver me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your namesake lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that is hidden for me. For you are my refuge. Here it is. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. In the final act of John Macefield's play, The Trial of Jesus, the Roman centurion is discussing the crucifixion with Procula, Pilate's wife. She asks him, was he suffering much? No, lady, the centurion replied. He wasn't a strong man. The scourging must have nearly killed him. I thought he was dead at noon, and then suddenly he began to sing in a loud, clear voice that he was giving back his spirit to God. I looked to see God come to take him. He died singing. No truer words could be written about Jesus. He died singing, or at least speaking, to his father. He sang words right out of the, his traditional hymn book, the Psalms. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Never before nor since has anyone died as Jesus died. When all is said and done, it must be said that Jesus was committed to the will of the Father. There was no question in his heart as to the faithfulness of God, whom he alone could uniquely call Father, and whom he taught us to call our Father, too, as adopted children. As Jesus lived, so he died. His life was not taken from him. Instead, he gave his life away. Jesus had lived his life trusting in God's care and faithfulness. And no matter what came into his life, Jesus knew he could trust God, his Father, with his life. He had an unfailing trust in the goodness of God, his Father. He lived each day of his life surrendering himself to God and God's will. Jesus knew that the Father would take care of what he surrendered into his hands. This was the commitment by which he lived and by which he died. So when Jesus came to his end, his last word from the cross did not betray the life that he lived. These last words were not a cry of desperation, as if everything ahead was but empty darkness. His words were not the wretched wailings of someone afraid, not quite sure of what was to come. Instead, these words are spoken by one who was calmly and peacefully surrendering himself into the arms of his almighty Father. Father, said Jesus, into your hands I commend my spirit. At this, Luke says, having said this, he breathed his last. In this seventh word from the cross, we feel a sense of closure in his dying. The sun darkens, 
The veil of the temple rips in two. The centurion, one last time, pronounces Jesus innocent of all that he was killed for. This is the end of the old world. The new age of the kingdom now come when God sets things to rights, when we must live and die as did our Savior. So this word from Jesus' lips must plow its way into our daily lives. The life lived with God is a life of surrender, of commitment. There simply is no other way to relate to God. Those who would be Christ-like are persons willing to trust in God and to obey what they understand of God's will. Surrendering the self is the key to our life in and with Jesus. Followers of Christ are willing to trust their lives, past and future, into the hands of God. Christians are trusting and obeying disciples of Jesus even in the face of death. Irish Presbyterian Amy Carmichael's hope of heaven brightened during her long years as a semi-invalid until her death in 1951. A woman visited Amy and during the course of the conversation told Amy of how her doctor had warned her don't even bend over suddenly or you might die on the spot. Amy gave a tart and twinkling reply, however do you resist the temptation? If we trust in him, we want to go home to him. If we trust in him, we will live in him. If we live in him, we will die in him. And if we die in him, we will live again. And so it is that we too can say, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Amen. And may the peace of God which passes understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. <laughs>